You've stopped in at the guidepost. Brought to you by the American Saltwater Guides Association. Stock up on gear, grab a coffee at the counter, and get ready to hear incredible fish stories from the best captains on the East Coast and thought-provoking conversations with stakeholders and policymakers working to protect these fisheries. This podcast is presented by Costa Sunglasses. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Guidepost. Uh, closing in on about 100 episodes here. Um, this is Will Poston, uh, one of uh, the many Guidepost hosts. But we um, are joined here today with Joe Delarusso, who is coming from the Gulf of Maine Research Institute's Pelagic Fisheries Lab. Um, and we're uh, going to be talking a lot about some really interesting and exciting bluefin tuna research. Um, but I won't, I won't, uh, try to explain any of that. I will let Joe do that. Um, so Joe, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on, Will. Yeah. Long time listener, first time guest. So it's, it's fun to be on this side of it. Awesome. Awesome. I love to hear it. Um, well, Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, you're, you're, you know, born and bred, uh, New Englander, right? Oh yeah. Boston Harbor kid grew up in Revere, Massachusetts for people who know, spent a lot of time fishing the beaches there big surf caster. I was a striped bass guy for most of my life and still am. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a first year PhD student now with the Pelagic Fisheries Lab at the Gulf of Maine Research Institute and also the University of Maine. So there's a bit of a research collaboration there. And Dr. Walt Golet is my advisor. Um, and our lab does a whole bunch of stuff, but tunas, billfish, and sharks is really where um, we stand our ground, especially in tuna and billfishes, and we look at like movement ecology, foraging ecology, stock structure analysis, um, marketability, a little bit on the economic side, really a whole a whole gambit of things. Um, but yeah, sort of how I got here, uh, as most people, recreational angler, as I mentioned, and I didn't really know fishery science was a thing. And like you could do these kinds of projects and make an actual career out of it. And then I went to UMass Amherst for my undergrad and sort of got wrapped up with the Daniel Chuck lab there, where I know you guys had Andy on the podcast quite a while ago. Um, and that kind of opened my eyes and was like, holy crap, you can tag fish and see where they go and fish for a living and do all these awesome things. Um, so then I got wrapped up on some projects there with some hammerhead shark work and some tarpon work, which I'm still helping out on some tarpon stuff there. Um, but through those connections, I met Walt and it was just like research interest clicked and uh, here I am. Well, Joe, I don't think we, uh, you know, we can't really steer our listeners um, too far down this rabbit hole and make uh, fish fisheries research and uh, management all uh, sugarcoating because you are not fishing the whole time. You are doing some pretty intensive uh, data analysis and um really grinding through away. So it's, it's not all uh, rainbows and flowers. There's a lot of hard work too, that goes into what you guys do. Oh no, you're so right. I, I just tend to actually focus on the fishing part. Cause that's like the, what you get so excited about, but it's most looking at computers pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just felt like I had to uh, clarify. Um, it's very rewarding work, but uh, it's not a, uh, it's not all time spent on the water. Um, but anyway, so yeah, exactly. Um, so Joe, you, you've obviously, you know, pretty connected, um, to, you know, Cape Cod Bay, that Boston Harbor bite. And I mean, I'm sure you and I kind of talk to similar people, see similar stuff on social media. There's obviously been a huge push of, um, 
smaller rec sized bluefin tuna in inshore waters off Massachusetts. Um, and that's driven a recreational efforts. You know, I know so many of our captains and members have been chasing these things feverishly, but, um, now we're, uh, you know, because of this strong year class a couple several years ago, we're kind of running into the problem where some of these light tackle guys are going to be quickly outgunned. Um, and that's kind of the inception to this research project you guys are, uh, initiating, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, anecdotally and data-drivenly, we've seen increased interest in the recreational fishery for Atlantic bluefin tuna and the commercial size fish as well. And so we kind of, I've heard people describe it as the wicked tuna effect, where people have like watched that show and have been interested. And so that's, you know, that one social perspective does drive the fishery, but there's a whole reason of why people are getting interested in pursuing these fish and are pursuing them more often. I mean, we kind of look at quota allocation as a way to gauge interest and effort in a fishery. And so if you look at the uh, Northern Trophy Bluefin Tuna quota, that's been closing earlier and earlier every year. I think in like 2017, it was August. And then in 2020, it was May. So it's like people are fishing harder for these fish and filling that quota faster, which kind of ticks our mind and say, you know, this increased effort for these big fish is is something that we need to pay attention to. And so as we'll get into it, this project is is really kind of focusing on the catch and release side of recreational fishing. Well, Joe, I'll, I'll just jump in there quickly, too, because like on the striped bass side of things, it's almost like abundance and opportunity drives effort. Like when people know fish are around too, like, you know, m so many more people go out fishing, like the guys that... um or, or, you know, woman anglers too. Like if, if the fishing's not great, they're going to go golfing, but if they hear, you know, from all their buddies and see on social media and stuff that the fishing's great, like everyone's going to go out. Um, and, uh, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's clearly, uh, clearly a part of it, but, uh, jump back in and, uh, let us, uh, let us know about some of this research. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. And you got it so right where the, the abundance helps help stage a lot of this. Um, so basically what we're doing is we are going to do a post-release mortality study on commercial sized Atlantic bluefin tuna in a catch and release fishery. So as we've said, you know, the recreational interest is increasing. And then also on the commercial side of things, you're having uh, sub period closures happen during the summer. And so during these uh, periods where these commercial guys can't retain fish, these captains are transitioning to charter-based uh, businesses where they can take clients out to catch and release uh, these giant fish. And so we're trying to just evaluate what impact this has on the fishery um, and use this as a way to develop some deliverables that can help uh, promote and protect this fishery moving forward. And so we have 45 um, survivorship pop-up satellite archival tags to put out this summer. And so we'll be working with charter captains to go out on their boat, um, witness what they do, record some variables, and just at the end of the whole process, just stick a tag on that fish and, and see what it does. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so a couple follow up questions to that. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, these bluefin are very, very migratory. Are you guys focusing on any specific, you know, parts of the East Coast or kind of all up and down uh, 
all up and down the fishery? Yeah, good question. Yeah, so this is going to be mostly based in New England. Yeah. Um, so we see a lot, a lot of the effort happening here. So we're going to be putting our tags out um, probably in Portland, out of Gloucester, North Shore, Massachusetts, and then off the Cape as well. And so we'd like to try to keep it even, but if it gets down to it, we'll put tags out where the fish are. They don't yeah. get any good in our fridge. No, no, I, we, we know that all too well. I mean, leading up to the, the Albi Project's first couple trips, you know, as, as research goes, the fish rarely, uh, rarely cooperate when you need to stick a tag in them uh, to hopes, in, in hopes of improving the fishery. Um, so I know that's, uh, we know that stress well. Um, so another question, how long are these, uh, pop-up tags going to, um, remain in the fish slash transmitting data? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So these are, these are short term tags. Um, you can get pop-up our satellite tags that will stay on for 200 plus days, but we're only going to keep them on for 60 days. Um, cause we're really just interested in what happens right after the capture event. And then, you know, a few months after that. And so these special tags are well suited to be able to say, you know, did that fish have a uh, adverse effect to, to the capture event or did it die right after release? When did it die? Was it predated by maybe a shark or something like that? Um, so these these are going to be short term tags. Has there has there been any other catch and release um, research done on you know these commercial size bluefin? I know um, you know there's been some research done on the more wreck side of things, and those those fish you know show a pretty high rate of survival. Um, you know, contrary to what some people might have originally thought. You know, just how much they bleed and how crazy they fight. But um, but yeah, has there been any? any research done on commercial size fish, even on like, you know, one thirties. Yeah. So yeah, their only research done in New England was on those school and medium sized fish. And like you said, they showed really low levels of mortality. Um, but there has been a study in Canada that looked at commercial sized fish, um, similar study design to ours. And they also found really low um, levels of mortality. And they found that using heavy gear and non-offset circ barbless circle hooks um, gave them the best chance of, of survival post-release. Gotcha. Gotcha. But like, I mean, you guys are clearly focused on the rec fleet. So I know, you know, we'll get into the survey in a little bit here, but um, you know, a lot of these guys are out there trying to chase those wreck fish and just accidentally hook a giant. You know, I've, I, I was hearing stories from Jogo, um, one of our captains, like, you know pretty quickly whether you've got a giant, you know, when you're jigging and hook into a giant on like a 1400 or something, it's like, oh shit, I got to stop this thing <laughs> and not lose a hundred dollars worth of braid. Um, but you guys are focusing on that lighter gear. Um, so I got to imagine that's, you know, a huge implication for mortality. Yeah. So just, just to clarify our, the, the gear choice that we're going to go with is going to be what is most popular in the fishing fleet. So gotcha. um, that's, and you know, you sort of alluded to the survey a little bit, but we're, we were trying to categorize the fishery and we only have 45 tags, which is, you know, a, a good amount of tags, but we can't put them across every single gear type that's used to to target these fish. So the the point of the survey which you guys put out and people can find on our instagram page at plagic fisheries lab is to to say what are most people using what's most popular 
and then we'll test we'll test that yeah so like right now in the survey just to maybe like preface it for listeners that might want to um you know fill out the survey if they are um you know avid recreational bluefin tuna anglers like what are you guys looking at for um in the survey right now yeah so the it's only nine question survey recommend everyone you know even if you're just a ride-along angler everyone should take it um but it's going to ask you about you know what type of fishing method to use you know are you drifting are you anchoring are you casting what's your gear type real class um hook type uh bait artificial or natural um it's going to ask you if you revive your fish or not um and so it's just like those basic gear questions just you know we've seen a lot of it just working with captains and guides and anglers but you know this really allows us to paint a good picture um and also it gives us the data to make figures to show people like this is what the fleet is using this is why we chose to put our tags out where we put our tags out oh so the, you're more concerned about the actual wreck fleet that wants to catch a giant rather than like incidentally getting a giant yeah that's that's would be more informative to the the tagging portion of our study yeah gotcha gotcha that's good to know um so the the pelagics lab you know like like you alluded to does a ton of other um research i know you guys have partnered with um our good friend uh and alby project benefactor dr jeff kneebone um you guys you know do all sorts of hms tuna stuff uh care to elaborate on any of those other projects that are ongoing yeah absolutely yeah uh, and jeff jeff is working on this project too he helped he helped develop the survey and so he's he's right there with us he's a salty salty guy yeah you can't touch the new england coast without running into jeff but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a we have a bunch of a bunch of projects going on. You know, we do our tagging of the commercial sized fish, but those tags are for long term migration studies. And so we have a whole bunch of of satellite tags put out on those. We do foraging and anal- uh, ecology analysis. So um, some of the past work was like stomach content analysis, where you look through the stomach and identify every single thing in that stomach. It's it's quite the process. Um, so we have some work on bluefin for that, some yellowfin and big eye, and then also some of the Atlantic marlins. Um, we do some, I mean, everyone does wind research stuff nowadays. So we're kind of have our hand in there working with the state of Maine to do some of that. Um, tagging sharks and other pelagics to see how they move around wind research arrays. Um, the this is this is one chapter in my dissertation the other is all on yellowfin tuna movement um and so we have a, an impressive repository of those tags that you know we're really interested in in digging into and and yellowfin are super cool and there's not much on them like we don't know much on the in the western atlantic for movements of yellowfin so that's a really cool project and should be illuminating in some ways um, and then we also have uh, our tuna discard program where when commercial guys bring them into seafood dealers, they keep the heads for us and we'll sample upwards of 2000 fish every summer, taking the otoliths, the ear bones out, some muscle samples, um, keeping some genetic samples as well. Um, and so that's a ton of work in and of itself. We'll have like six interns this summer just to help move those heads around so there's a lot a lot going on 
No, it, it certainly sounds like it. And, you know, again, to that, to the whole point, like how important this fishery is commercially and, you know, in the last, what, two decades, two, three decades recreationally. I mean, it's, it's blown up up in New England and, you know, so many people are just obsessed with chasing bluefin tuna. Um, so, you know, it's a cultural importance too at this point. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, you know, you need, you need good science to have good management and, you know, bluefin tuna is an internationally managed quota fishery. It's, it's a difficult process. Um, I don't even attempt to uh, dive dive into the whole ICAT process. You know, I'll just uh, phone, phone my uh, phone a friend and be like, "Is is this on track?" And we'll get we'll get that answer. Um, but uh, in terms of like how y'all study, you know, might once you get results and you know have have hard science um, about catch and release mortality of giants, uh, how might that um, inform affect management of of these species the species yeah for sure and i think um i'll start with just kind of giving a rundown of how we plan on doing the tagging process if that, yeah yeah, if yeah. That's okay totally um so one of the cool parts of this project working with charter captains and recreational anglers is that we'll really rely on their expertise so in other tagging projects where we would want to bring the fish on board uh, get some measurements and and put the tag on that way. You know, you put a, a wet towel over the eyes, stick a seawater hose in the mouth, and so you can get some measurements like that. Or or um, Jerry or Jerry rig a tuna tube uh, for the Albi project. And another shout out yeah, to I heard Jeff. About, <laughs> I heard about that. That was impressive. Um, so and and Jeff talked about this too in his podcast a little bit. But when you're doing post release mortality, you really want to be conscious of adding any more stress to the fish. And so what we're going to do is we'll just, you know, be ride alongs on these boats and, and let the captain do their thing and let the client reel the fish in or whatever's their process. And then we will be recording a whole bunch of different variables while that's happening. So just a few like bite time, um, water temperature, um, general location of where we're at, and then also some more specific ones like hook location. And there'll just be a whole bunch of these co-variables that we'll record. And then once they're ready to release the fish, we just come in and just add, like I mentioned, add that tag right at the end, keeping the fish in the water, trying not to add any of that uh, scientific bias that that might increase mortality. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know that scientific bias, like when we were doing the Albi project, like the way we were, you know, almost coddling these fish in and of itself is a bias because that, that might not be how every other angler releases Albies, right? Um, in terms of variables, are you guys also um, kind of changing uh, the way you're going to release fish, like, you know, swimming them with, a, you know, one of those mega t- mega bogas or lift gaffing them and swimming them are you guys gonna kind of switch that release practice up or just kind of standardize one approach so i think we're and that is a question in the survey so yeah. you know we'll we'll use that to inform that process a bit so again people take the survey if you can or haven't already but um i think we're we're gonna let the boat do with it as they normally would and so we'll talk to the captains that we're gonna work with and and see how they do it before we get out there um but 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. And I think one answer too that we're going to get from the survey is is who does revive fish and who doesn't revive fish. And so that we won't be able to get any real hard data on that, but we'll be able to just see from our sample size what people do. Yeah. Um, but it is something that we're going to pay attention to in the process. Yeah, because I mean, like, the, in the at the end of the day, like, the only way you can really reduce, dis, like, rec, discard mortality is, you know, through education. And if guys know, um, you know, the best way to release a fish to ensure a healthy release, like, that benefits everyone, right? Yeah, per, and perfect segue, too, into the rest of the, your question, the management implications. So I think we really kind of see a two-pronged, uh, result of this study. And so one of that, one of those is going to be explicit data on post-release mortality of these fish in New England waters with the gear type that we're testing, which will be the most used gear type. So in theory, the most applicable. Um, and so then that's going to be published and made available to managers. And this is kind of the cool thing about the Pelagic Fisheries Lab is it's all very applied. And so you can apply that then to management but then we also want to be applicable to a bunch of different groups. And like you mentioned, one of those groups is the rec angler. And so then also producing a list of best practices is in the cards to say, if you want to maximize survival of these fish, these are some of the things that we found in our study that you can do. And then people can sort of follow suit with that um, and just kind of get the word out that, you know, there is a method to helping fish survive after capture and um, what you can do to optimize that. Um, so you mentioned what, 45, uh, 45 tags. How many, how many trips do you guys have uh, lined up? Or are you just going to keep, keep ripping trips until those tags go out? Yeah, we're just gonna, we're just going to keep going. I think once the fish show up, we're going to try to go with people who are solely going for catch and release. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's a lot of fishing, but, you know, we're just, I'm just going to hit it hard pretty much. And we'll try and get some help from other people um, to, to come out and do it. You know, these captains are so great. They're awesome. I mean, you show them how to tag one time and then th they can take the tags and run with it, but it's all those co-variables that I mentioned that you have to then be conscious of. Yeah. Um, so you know, having somebody on the boat whose sole job is just to record that stuff is, is really important, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a busy summer, summer of fishing. And, you know, we have all the other tags to put out and all the tuna heads to cut up. So, um, there's lots of, lots of field work to happen. Oh yeah. Some, some messy, uh, field work and some, uh, maybe more, um, intense, uh, and um you know painful uh fighting blue giant bluefin tuna uh field work um awesome joe well as uh we kind of close out here um do you want to kind of you know i know we've kind of mentioned you know uh talked about it a little bit but um you know the survey and again like how important it is for you guys to design your um, your study and where anglers can find it um, and learn more about your the Pelagics Lab in general. You know, we'll obviously link link the survey again um, on our Instagram when, when this goes out. But you know, any any more color on the survey and uh, how important it is would be awesome. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and you guys have been great putting it out. But yeah, people, you know, if you have ever fished for 
commercial-sized Atlantic bluefin tuna, and you're interested, it's nine minutes or nine questions. It's brief, um, just very basic questions on gear type um, and fishing method and all anonymous, so you don't have to worry about any of that. Um, especially if you're in the Northeast, that's the region we're focusing on. So if people could take that, that's great. And and like I said, we have 45 tags, which is a good number. Um, but we want to make those as uh, efficient as possible. And so if we started to put tags on spinning gear and 130s and 80s, then we're going to reduce the statistical relevance of that study and and really limit our capacity to say what impacts post-release mortality and, and tease out those co-variables. So um, by picking one gear type, we're, we're going to really uh, push the relevance of this project onto what the fleet is using. And, and the fleet can tell us that through taking our survey, which has been great. And the response so far has been awesome um, in parts to you guys. But yeah, and then, you know, the Pelagic Fisheries Lab, like mentioned, has a ton going on and there's a really a lot of ways for people to get involved if they're really, you know, stoked on conservation and they want to be a part of this. Um, one study that we have going on this summer is another foraging uh, ecology stomach content analysis project on these commercial size bluefin tuna. So if you're catching those fish, save your stomachs, throw them in a trash bag, put them in your freezer um that we can come and pick them up or figure it out um there but we have somebody at main dmr who's looking at that and and those projects are really cool because you can track ecosystem uh health through like the, the stomachs of these fish and what they're eating um and unfortunately there's been gaps in the diet studies that have happened in the past so you're you're missing transitions but through the work that the Pelagic Fisheries Lab is doing, we're hoping to have one continuous time series of, of all these fish that and what they're eating. So there's ways to be involved there. There's another uh, project going on called Genetics for Giants, where we're actually going to be putting out uh, a call for people who are interested in participating. So um, if people want to follow our Instagram at Pelagic Fisheries Lab, that's probably the best way to keep updated. But that's a fin clip study, and we would send you all the materials needed to be involved in that. Um, and, you know, we're really trying to be uh, focused on the conservation needs of the fishery and working within the fleet. I mean, we have captains who are regularly in contact with us. And so we're really, you know, centering those perspectives. And I mean, our work, quite honestly, would not be possible without without your listeners and, and people like them. It's just like so essential to our work. Nope. We, we couldn't agree more. And uh, you know, I mean, here at ASGA, we're huge uh, proponents of the idea of citizen science and getting everyday anglers involved in the process. I mean, you know, there, there aren't many other people that are on the water as much as, you know, some of our, some of our captains. Um, so, you know, being able to leverage that, you know, just knowledge and real time uh, information that they can gather is huge for management and long term um, sustainability of these these important fisheries. Um, well, Joe, that was a uh, a lot a lot to take home. Um, this was a great a great podcast. Uh, we will you know again direct. Um, we'll link the the survey in our Instagram. 
Um, but thanks again for joining us here on the guidepost. And uh, we might have to uh, work out a little trade for an Albi tagging trip uh, for a bluefin tagging trip. We'll, uh, we'll work that out offline. That doesn't seem too hard. I think we can figure it out. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, Joe. And uh, to all our listeners, be, uh, be on the lookout for um, the Pelagic Fishery Labs survey. Uh, we will have it linked and fill it out because you will be part of the process um, in developing better management and conservation of these important fish. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Will. Appreciate it. <laughs>